Happy Friday and welcome to Newsmax Daily for November 10th, 2023. And happy birthday to the U.S. Marine Corps, established by the Continental Congress as the Continental Marines on this day back in 1775, right before the American Revolution. The actual commemoration of the U.S. Marine Corps birthday as a holiday happened in 1921. On the food calendar, perfect for a birthday party, today is Vanilla Cupcake Day. And who doesn't love a cupcake? Vanilla, chocolate, whatever. I like the ones they have now with all the multicolors on top. I'll tell you who doesn't love a cupcake of any kind. My wife, who I've mentioned before, is one of those people who doesn't like sweets, if you can imagine that. Tomorrow, November the 11th, is, of course, Veterans Day in the U.S. of A. And the weather in New York, here in Orlando, and a lot of other places is going to be pretty darn nice for the parades. And because Veterans Day is tomorrow, Saturday, the holiday is being observed today Sort of. Some businesses may have adjusted schedules, different hours. However, banks will be open today, but closed tomorrow, and same with the post office. And while we honor the Marine Corps and the veterans here at home, there are active duty service members all over the world, some who have been coming under fire in the Middle East, as we discussed yesterday, where the war between Israel's army, the IDF, and Hamas terrorists continue. That is the enemy in this war. That is who Israel is fighting. Terrorists. More from Rob Finnerty on Wake Up America. Good morning and welcome back. I guess if you live long enough, you'll see everything. I'm sure you've heard that before. And after the terrorist attacks in Israel last month, we were all reminded of that fact. What you probably weren't expecting after the attacks was to see the media taking the side of the terrorists and not the people that were just attacked. Besides repeated calls for a ceasefire after at least 1,400 innocent men, women, and children and babies were brutally murdered on October the 7th, the BBC, Al Jazeera, and the media right here at home has been utterly and completely concerned with the well-being of the people of Gaza, not the people of Israel, the people of Gaza, the same people that in 2006 put Hamas in power. Not the people of Israel, not the families in Israel that were destroyed forever, not the families that never got to say goodbye, not the hostages still in Gaza. Instead, it's been, what about the people of Gaza? What about sending humanitarian aid to Gaza? What about the innocent people living in Gaza? Which is completely backwards. After Pearl Harbor, no one in the U.S. asked about innocent Japanese people who had nothing to do with the attack. It didn't happen after 9-11 either. During the Second World War, the Allies weren't shipping aid into Germany before Berlin fell. So why is Israel treated differently? Why isn't anyone calling for a ceasefire in Ukraine? Why isn't anyone talking about war crimes in Russia? The truth is, the way this entire story has been covered by our media says more about how broken we are. Here's a headline for you. The Associated Press is not allowing its reporters to call Hamas terrorists. They won't do it because they claim Hamas is the government that was elected in Gaza. Yet somehow the media, our media, has no problem labeling conservatives whatever they want. Extremists, xenophobes, homophobes, racists, bigots, domestic terrorists, all of it. But our media won't call terrorists terrorists. It's wrong. It's a brand new low for the media and for Democrats and for how the rest of the world views us now. So don't be fooled. Israel's got every right to defend themselves, and they will. 
That's Rob Finnerty, host of Newsmax's Wake Up America. And don't forget about Wake Up America Weekend Edition coming up tomorrow and Sunday as well. Some networks, I know this from experience, will also not allow reporters to call the people crossing the border illegally illegal immigrants or illegal aliens. Reporters for that network, certain networks, can only call them migrants. Can't say illegal migrants, just migrants. Yesterday, Israeli officials, including Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, called out CNN, the Associated Press, Reuters, and the New York Times over the conduct of some of their photojournalists in Gaza, saying that they are embedded with Hamas and had advanced knowledge of the planned October 7th deadly attack on Israel. More from Thursday's American Agenda. The Israel Defense Forces are said to be nearing Shifa Hospital, believed to be the command center for Hamas and possibly the location of hostages. Joining us now is Jerusalem Bureau Chief Jewish News Syndicate, Alex Trayman. Alex, uh, just tell me a, a little bit about uh, what you make, especially about hearing journalists embedded with Hamas, used by CNN, other outlets. Just give me um, the, the initial thoughts on that. Well, this has been going on for a long time. Several years ago, the IDF bombed a building that was the AP headquarters. It was also the Hamas headquarters. I mean, these these outlets worked together. On October 17th, uh, Hamas claimed that the IDF hit a hospital and killed 500 people. It turned out to be that it was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket. It didn't hit the hospital. It hit the parking lot outside the hospital. And there was no way that it could have been a mass casualty event. Probably less than 20 people in total were killed. Uh, you know, so the mainstream media has been working together with Hamas for, for many, many years, sowing the narratives that Hamas wants it to sow. I want to ask you about this. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu today criticized mainstream Western media for working with those stringers, as they're called, or photojournalists mm -hmm. embedded with Hamas, but calling them specifically accomplices in crimes against humanity. Now, we do want to point out that CNN has already formally severed ties with a freelancer who was photographed getting a kiss from the terror group's leader. Um, also, the New York Times coming out and saying we had absolutely no idea this was happening in advance. These are freelance photojournalists. We do not give them direction. They work with different outlets already in those regions. Uh, just your reaction to that. Well, the photo says a thousand words. I think it speaks for itself. And it's probable that the news agencies did not know about the attack before it happened. It would have been an obligation of them to report it if they did. Uh, but certainly we saw thousands of civilians uh, together with the militants on October 7th uh, near and coming across the border. And so it, it's it's very plausible that uh, some of them would have been stringers or photographers that send photos into Reuters and the AP and others. So, uh, you know, they crossed the border. They participated in an attack. And then not only that, they took pictures and got paid for it. That's Alex Trayman, Jerusalem bureau chief for the Jewish News Syndicate on American Agenda. Along with the Israel-Hamas war, Wednesday night's Trump rally and the dueling GOP presidential primary debate dominated the news and what most of us already knew has now been confirmed. The ratings for the debate on NBC were horrible. According to Nielsen Media, that's the ratings people, NBC's debate attracted 6.8 million viewers. That's down from 9 million 
Opinion, who tuned in for the second debate in September on Fox Business and Fox News, and that was significantly lower than the nearly 13 million people who watched the very first debate on Fox back in August. This was GOP candidate Vivek Ramaswamy's opening comments Wednesday night on NBC, if you missed it. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, I and mean, we've got Christian Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Roberts. This is how we get our country back. Because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? That will absolutely go down as an awesome moment in debate history. I can guarantee you for years to come, we will be revisiting that. Calling out the network. Calling out the moderator. Calling out the RNC. Ramaswamy, who has participated in all three GOP debates, spoke with Rob Schmidt. Yeah, what's it like to get up there on, on a stage like that and just level that kind of carnage? Just, just eviscerate the head of the RNC and the network that's hosting the debate. I mean, that, that takes stones. Look, I mean, I, I'm asking this people of this country to put me in a position to sit across the table from Xi Jinping and represent this nation. I better be willing to sit across the table from, you know, Ronna McDaniel or Kristen Welker or Nikki Haley for that matter. Yeah. Right. So this is this is small play compared to what's actually ahead. I expect to lead this country forward. But, yeah, if I'm not going to have a spine on that debate stage, then I don't deserve to be the next president. And yeah. I would say it's what's different for me and maybe some of the other candidates around that stage. I didn't come in with poll tested slogans or anything like that. We woke up that morning, felt over the course of that day, here are the things I want to say, talk to people who were around me, and you know, I, I let it unload, and that's how I'm going to run the rest of this race as well. That's what we, 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 we I say it all the time. You, you, it feels like Trump 2016 when you're up there. It feels the same kind of way. I want to ask you about that, though. You know, at this point, we're, we're two months from Iowa, and, and Trump is still dominating this thing. Um, you know, I, I often wonder what you're motivations are in this moment because it just feels like Trump's got this as a candidate. How do you compute that reality? Well, I'll say a couple of things. The other candidates all want to sit there and Monday morning quarterback Donald Trump on some small thing after most of them were licking his boots not that long ago for favors and endorsements and money. That's pathetic. And I wasn't doing that for the last several years. I wasn't politics. I was building businesses. 
But on the flip side, as they're second guessing Trump, I'm actually being very honest. He was an excellent president. He the reason he's doing so well in the polls is that he kept us out of wars and he grew the economy. That's the answer. So he you're sets not, a high you're not you're but not I trying running. to take this thing from him. Then. I mean, you're you sound like well, a surrogate no, right now. You're not you're not right. trying to take I, it from him. Well, I, I aim to exceed that high bar. OK, and I have something that Donald Trump doesn't. I have fresh legs. I come from a different generation. So there are two America first candidates in this race. There's Donald Trump and myself. And the voters, I think, can face a choice. Do you want somebody who comes from that prior generation with experience? I can't claim to have that experience. But I think in this moment more than ever, we need somebody with fresh legs from the next generation to reach young Americans. And nobody is reaching that next generation like I am. In the Republican Party, I don't think anybody's done it in the history of our party, reaching young Americans in the way we are. And if we're to revive this country, national pride, Yes, we're going to have to reach that next generation. And I, th- I think I can do that better than anybody else in this race. Understood. GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy on Rob Schmidt tonight. It is hard not to like that guy. I'll tell you this, though. He is right and he is wrong. He is wrong about Donald Trump and young people. My kids are 23 and 21, so I know plenty of young people that love Trump, and they love him for a variety of reasons. His unconventional style, mainly, his swagger, his sense of humor, the fact that he's into UFC, believe it or not, has also helped him gain popularity with younger people. And Vivek is right that he is also resonating with the younger generation for a variety of reasons, some of which I just mentioned with Trump. The first thing my kids and their friends were talking about after the first GOP debate back in August was Ramaswamy. Let's get some more commentary on the Republican Party with Carl Higby. Look, Vivek has less than a snowball's chance in hell of being elected, but he is exactly right. Why do you think Trump isn't going to any of these debates? Now, Ronna McDaniel, Mitt Romney's niece, by the way, is the figurehead of the problem here. I said this back when she spent like a hundred grand of donor dollars on hair and makeup just in 2022. But the bigger problem is the notion of action and organization is entirely different between the two parties. And I have seen this firsthand in so many places across the country. Folks, just before the show, started, I was an elected member of my town council, so I know about this stuff. Republicans get together, and I have been in the meetings. They get together, and everyone has an idea, and everybody has a plan, and the the meeting adjourns, and nothing happens. There's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. There are very few sled dogs that actually do the work in the Republican Party. We hold fancy events, we hire expensive strategists and consultants and big-name speakers, but we as Republicans do not have enough people pounding the phones, knocking on doors, and doing the legwork. We don't hire them either. We as a party, the Republican Party, push all that off on the candidates, who also often have a similar problem in their campaigns. One guy can't hit every door in his district. Honestly, you sitting at home, and I'm... Folks, I'm not knocking you. I'm not lecturing you. As you're watching the show right now, if you live in one of the 37 states that had an election yesterday on Tuesday, how many doors did you personally knock on? Think about it. How many phone calls did you make to remind people to get out to the phone to the voting polls? Did your neighbor do it too? I can show you on my phone logs, folks. I made over 300 phone calls on Tuesday from a sheet that my local party chair sent me to ask people to get out and vote at the polls. Because in my town, we took that page from the Democratic playbook, and it worked. 
Think about this. Democrats advocate for higher taxes, more control over your life, and in every city and state they control, people are fleeing in droves from high costs, taxes, crime, loss of freedoms, whatever. Perfect example. Look at New York and look at Florida. Who's leaving and who's going to which state? It's not, they're not going to Democratic states, folks. And despite all this, it's on full display. It's still a 50-50 proposition in America. How little do we have to do right? Their policies are worse than the WNBA ratings, and yet every national election comes down to the wire. Why? Well, I'll tell you. Because Democrats organize. This is what they do. Most of them don't have jobs. They don't have hobbies. This is their hobby. They raise money and have full-time activists. Hey, you go here and just protest for a month, break some stuff if you have to, and don't worry, Kamala Harris will raise money to bail you out. Where are the Republican-paid peaceful, and I emphasize peaceful, protesters in front of Democratic representatives' homes that refuse to shut down the border that's killing people in America? Oh, Carl, that's uncivil. Well, it may be, but it's what they do to us, and they win. I'm certainly not advocating for this, folks, but these people threaten the lives of Supreme Court justices after someone leaked the Dobbs decision. They, they conveniently never found that person who leaked that, by the way. The two national parties raised just under a billion dollars last year. Great stuff, as usual, from Carl Higby, host of Frontline, 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Don't miss it. Let's turn our attention to the current president, who has nothing, zero, zilch, on the calendar today after more subpoenas were issued in the investigation of the Biden's finances yesterday. Eric Bowling spoke with Oversight Chairman James Comer. But first, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. The Newsmax Daily is brought to you by BetterHelp. You've probably noticed there's a lot going on in the world, and a lot of it isn't good. Much of it is difficult to see and maybe even difficult to process. Whether it be the news of the world or your own personal news, life isn't always easy to handle, right? We have money issues, stress, loneliness. Maybe you recently lost a loved one. I want you to check out BetterHelp. Maybe you've thought about therapy, maybe you haven't, but you need to know that therapy isn't only for people that have suffered major traumatic events. BetterHelp has helped more than 4 million people just like you and me. It's completely online, designed to be as convenient and flexible as possible. You just answer a couple of questions and they'll match you up with a therapist that is right for you. They will help you work for yourself instead of working against yourself. Go to BetterHelp.com Newsmax. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com slash Newsmax. All right, welcome back. And as we continue coverage on Wednesday, the House Oversight Committee issued several subpoenas in the Biden investigation. Yesterday, they issued more. Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, spoke with Eric Bowling. Chairman, good to have you. So yesterday, a couple of family members. Today, some of the business associates and specifically the people surrounding these Fugazi art dealer deals going down, sir. Who are they? Just let, let our audience know who you're subpoenaing, and, and will they testify? Go ahead. Well, I plan on them testifying. I mean, I would want to clear my name if I were them. Uh, this has been a very 
credible, mature investigation. Uh, we've subpoenaed bank records. We've found bank accounts. We've found shell companies. Uh, and now we have enough evidence where we've been able to connect the dots. And now we're in the next phase, and that's the deposition phase, where we're bringing people in. Anyone who had any knowledge or participation in these suspicious foreign wires from foreign nationals that ended up in the Biden's bank account to the tune of millions of dollars. We want to bring them in and ask them just exactly uh, what was done to trigger the million dollar wire from China or Romania or Russia and just see if we can uh, figure out just exactly what the Biden family was doing and what Joe's involvement was. So I guess you have to be a little careful here, but but the way these things work is you subpoena, you get depositions, and you start to lean into some of these people who may have some shady business dealings until they make cut a deal with you to, to you know, up, up, the, up the totem pole, so to speak. Are any of these people, do you think, on the hook for doing anything shady, like not paying taxes and such? Well, uh, we'll see. But one of the biggest challenges that we have with some of these people, obviously, is there was criminal activity involved. I mean, they've clearly violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act. There's clearly millions and millions of dollars of taxes that were evaded. There's clearly allegations from six major banks of money laundering. Uh, if I were able to grant immunity like a normal prosecutor uh, in the Department of Justice, then that would make it a lot easier for some of these people to come in and, and tell the truth. Now, the reason we haven't brought these people in yet is because we didn't have confidence that they would tell the truth uh, at the very beginning of this investigation. Now that we have their bank records, we can ask them specific questions about specific transactions, and it's going to be a lot harder for them not to tell the truth. And remember, it's a felony to lot of Congress. Sir, it is, but it's not a felony in a deposition to plead the fifth two, three, four hundred times. That's though, right. right. That's exactly right. I think the American people would have even more questions if these if these guys and the Biden family members come in and start pleading the fifth. Obviously, that's their constitutional right to do that. But you know, this investigation has been very high profile for the last seven or eight months. Uh, there have been a lot of serious allegations levied at the Biden family and their associates, and now's their opportunity to come set the record straight. If, uh, if we've misread their bank statements, if we've misinterpreted their emails, then this is an opportunity for them to, to set the record straight. So I'm pretty confident they'll come in and, and testify, and uh, we're looking very forward to it. That's Kentucky Representative James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee on the Balance with Eric Bowling. Also happening in the House on Thursday, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene moved to force a vote on impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, accusing him of willful admittance of border crossers and of violating the Secure Fence Act, a 2006 law that essentially says you can only declare that the border is operationally secure, which Mayorkas has done, if there are no people or controlled uh, contraband, I should say, or contraband improperly coming into the country. Well, we have plenty of people and lots of contraband coming into the country. Mayorkas has made it easier for illegal people and drugs to enter the United States. House Speaker Mike Johnson now has to decide to hold a vote on the floor next week or send the measure to a committee. Meanwhile, West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin announced that he will not seek re-election. Some Democratic officials are concerned now that the 76-year-old Manchin 
may pursue a third-party presidential bid that would undermine President Biden's bid for re-election. It also means that Democrats will very likely, almost definitely, lose their Senate seat in West Virginia next year, a very, very red state. All right, don't forget you can keep up with all the news all weekend long on Newsmax with great shows, like I mentioned, Wake Up America Weekend Edition at 7 o'clock Saturday and Sunday, as well as Saturday and Sunday Report, Saturday and Sunday Agenda, America Right Now, the Gorka Reality Check with Sebastian Gorka, and be sure to sign up for the new Newsmax Plus. All right, go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's Newsmax. P-L-U-S dot com, NewsmaxPlus.com. Sign up for a free trial. It includes all your favorite shows, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Carl Higby, Greg Kelly, Greta Van Susteren, on and on and on with great analysis from people like Mike Huckabee, Alan Dershowitz, Carrie Lake, and others. Again, NewsmaxPlus.com for a free trial. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino, also free, by the way. Enjoy the weekend, have fun, be safe, and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.